Welcome once again to my podcast, Reframing the World, with Douglas J. Boggs, on my blog, Smoke and Mirrors and the Art of Critical Thinking, found at douglasjboggs.substack.com. Today is March 13, 2022, and I will be reading from the post, Mobs, Messiahs, and Markets, Oh My. Shakespeare, as we all know, was an amazing talent. Some people have a palate for his language and some don't. Like it or not does not negate any of his globally recognized talents for over the past 500 years. His ability to mix laughter and sorrow, to find truth in the human experience and deliver it with a timeless ability and manipulation of our language is paramount. He could see his point in prose through the deepest fog and find ways of creating it in such clarity to stand the test of time. He is certainly a gift to mankind. Can we all learn from this? Can we learn to see through the fog as he did? Taken literally, the title, Much Ado About Nothing, implies that a great fuss, Much Ado, is made of something which is insignificant, nothing. Such as the unfounded claims of the character Hero and her infidelity. However, the title could also be understood as Much Ado About Noting. Another motive occurring throughout the work is the play on the words nothing and noting, which in Shakespeare's day were homophones. That is, they are pronounced the same way. Indeed, much of the action of the play revolves around interest in and critique of others, written messages, misinformation, spying, and eavesdropping. Acquiring information that is not verified and making decisions to that information is extremely detrimental to any cause. Hearsay is not information. This could easily be misinformation. Simply because one or a group might say something is true, without a validation and proof to exemplify their statements, it should remain untrue. It should be just what it is, a point of view without validation. Rumor, misinformation, and disinformation is very dangerous in today's world. Fox News, Alex Jones, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, and, and other mass media outlets and talking heads have made an entire business empire and business model for today's society, crafting and manufacturing fake news. Rachel Maddow, Megyn Kelly, as well as 60 Minutes have also been found to have made up stories for their shows. There's a book I read nearly every year entitled Mobs, Messiahs, and Markets. This book explains the dilemma with mob mentality and what it can do in any given situation. When information of any kind is spread across the world in seconds, the validity of this information or its necessity for validation is extremely important. The manipulation of the means to spread mis or disinformation is near criminal. We must take action upon ourselves to weed through the mass of information given us and not simply take something at its word, as we find that this type of action could lead to destruction on many levels. It is our responsibility in business to learn all we can about all angles of a situation before acting on it, although analysis begets paralysis. 
means that we must reach a point to act based on the deluge of information we have. The information we have that is validated and verified. We must act without emotion to the true and validated information. Information and business holds no emotion. This arena is best done without emotional content. By adding emotion to business, you may end up with much ado about nothing. Do you have the ability to hold opposing ideas and discuss them rationally in order to come to a more educated, debated result? Or are you one that will debate only with opposing viewpoints in order to maintain your position to learn or try to convince? F. Scott Fitzgerald once said that the test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposed ideas in the mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. One should, for example, be able to see things that are hopeless, yet be determined to make them otherwise. I have read and highly recommend that book, Mobs, Messiahs, and Markets, but you must be able to transcend your singular mindset. The authors run both sides of the fence on nearly every issue they bring up. This can be trying for some as as they will be reading some chapters that run the liberal viewpoints to which, if you agree with, would make one feel good. Then they bring in the contrarian viewpoint, using the same examples as the liberal points in order to make their case. What this does is show that anything and everything will always have both views at the same time due to human nature. It is human nature that is the premise of the book in relation to crowd or mob mentality, religion, and economics. Basically, the premise is that we don't seem to see just how difficult and complex things really are. We want to be able to understand and have context to things that we may not be able to fully comprehend. Yet despite this, we get involved in speculation on so many levels in an attempt to gain some ground. Does this all revert to the simplistic relation to the opposite sex? Can we be that simple in such a complex world? It seems to be written in our DNA. Now, add this type of behavior to the mass public, and you begin to understand why we get some of society's stupid behavior. We like to think that we have free will. We like to think that we think for ourselves and are able to act freely. Studies show that people are more likely to accept the opinion and even elect to the presidency a confident con artist than the cautious view of someone who actually knows what they are talking about. This is much of why we found ourselves in the delicate political and economic situations we have today. Match this action with such an interconnected world, and we have exponential problems. Match this with the uneducated masses dealing with some of these delicate economic situations and the exponential problems get even worse. Many people think our elected officials actually know what they are talking about with this economic crisis. These senators and congresspersons are are just like anyone else as lawyers, doctors, chiropractors, union leaders, real estate developers, and soldiers. Yet the masses seem to think they are in these elected positions and they know the ins and outs of hedge funds and derivatives, options, and many other intricate financial tools that were created by the true 
0.05% elitist select few while no one was watching. Voltaire, a historically noted skeptic of the revealed truth of the church, of the divine right of kings, of the wealth and position of the sovereign, and of the wisdom of the common man, is noted as saying, Doubt is an uncomfortable position, but certainty is an absurd one. One would do well today to heed this gem and to be highly skeptical of the economic forecasters, market timers, and other investment gurus. After all, these are the same people that put us all into the economic mess of 2008 and forward. It should be noted that the global market's greatest investors like Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, Peter Lynch, and John Templeton all have confessed that they could never tell just what the markets are going to be doing next. They understand the mindset of the mob mentality. They understand that the market is a living entity and is not subject to control. We like to think we can control it, but this, as Voltaire stated, is an absurd notion. So these investors bought companies that were selling at a low P.E., price to earnings, and held them until it was time to sell when the market recognized their true value. The emergence theory that I've discussed recently goes hand in hand with some of the ideas outlined in this book. In the mob mentality, many times there is not a leader. There is an energy to which all follow in their own little worlds, much like the example of the flock of birds or the shoal of fish. They can act in unison without a leader. When the markets or real estate or election results come in, we see how the mob or lemming mentality can be detrimental to our society. If people do not begin to stop and think prior to making such delicate decisions for themselves, and rationally think using both sides of an argument to come to an educated result, we will find our typical patterns and imprinted DNA to which we have free will continue to emerge. Authors Bill Bonner and Lila Rajiva tear at this theory at the root. Sure, everyone is self-interested, but rational? Their book, Mobs, Messiahs, and Markets, received the prestigious Get Abstract Book Award for 2008. To my readers, thousands have placed their time and desire in keeping up to date with the latest article, essay, chapter read, or podcast from me. I would like to invite you to join the more than 16,000 subscribers from dozens of countries, Some of you who subscribe have been subscribers for years, and I'm very grateful for your continued presence. I'm asking for your help by becoming a paid subscriber for the easy cost of just one Mocha Java per month, and help me to power this blog and podcast financially, helping to keep it going and allowing me the impetus to continue and keep food on the table. I am continuing to provide much of what I do for free for everyone to read, although there are some new projects that I'm working on that will be coming up just for the paid subscribers, such as sneak peeks at my new political thriller novel that I'm writing. 
I've begun producing more podcasts for those on the go, and soon I will be offering Zoom meetings to discuss some of the intricate details of some of the chapters in my book, Quantum of Justice. Subscribe today. I appreciate you visiting. Keep coming back. Thank you.